Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Well, good morning, everyone. I hope you guys are doing well. Um, how is Thursday going for everyone? I'm sure everyone's getting excited for the weekend. We have an amazing weekend coming up this Sunday, Celebration Sunday at um, both locations for church is going to be absolutely amazing. You won't want to miss this Sunday. I'm telling you, uh, we have so much to celebrate. It is our 10 year celebration for Fusion Church, three years at EHT, and one year anniversary for Cumberland County. We're in my Cumberland County people. Come on, one year of fantastic amazingness of what God has been doing down there in Vineland. So um, if you are at the Cumberland County, uh, put a shout out in the chat right there for all that God has been doing out there with you guys. Uh, it has been absolutely amazing. So um, so such a great time to celebrate all of God's faithfulness uh, with what he's done through Fusion Church this weekend. So you won't want to miss it. Absolutely. Um, other than that, let's pray and let's get into the word. We are in Exodus 28 today, and we're going to be talking a little bit about fashion. <laughs> We're going to be talking about the priestly robes and stuff like that. So if you are into fashion, this might be your chapter. But um, let's pray. Let's see what God has for us out of this. And um, let's have a great morning. Uh, Lord, we just thank you right now for all that you do in our hearts and our lives. Lord, we just thank you for all uh, what you have done, um, not just through your church here at Fusion for all of South Jersey, but Lord, we just thank you for all that you've done individually for um, each of our lives, uh, for everybody that's uh, on here live with me right now and everyone that is listening later on. Lord, I just pray a blessing over them. Uh, may you continue to uh, be in all of their lives, guide and lead them, uh, and give them love, wisdom, uh, and correction and guidance. And Lord, uh, I surrender myself. Um, may this message be your message and not my own. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, get that good stretch in. We've got we've got a good amount of verses here in this chapter, uh, over 40. I think it's 43, right? And um, so we got some reading to do. Uh, and we're gonna we're gonna dive into everything. All right, I'm reading out of my new Bible still that I've been writing it. I've been really loving that, um, the uh, NLT version. So here we go. Verse one, call for your brother Aaron and his sons, uh, Nadab, uh, Abihu, uh, Eliezer, and Ithamar. Set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel so they may minister to me and be my priests. Make sacred <clears throat> garments for Aaron that are glorious and beautiful. 
instruct all the skilled craftsmen who I, I have filled with the spirit of wisdom. Have them make garments for Aaron that will distinguish him as a priest set apart for my service. These are the garments they are to make, a chest piece, an ephod, a robe, a pattern tunic, a turban, and a sash. They are to make these sacred garments for your brother Aaron and his sons to wear when they serve me as priests. So give them fine linen cloth, gold thread, and blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Verse 6. The craftsman must make the effort of finely woven linen and skillfully embroidered it with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. It will consist of two pieces, front and back, joined at the shoulders with two shoulder pieces. The decorative sash will be made of the same materials, finely woven linen embroidered with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Take two oxen stone, onyx stones, and engrave them on the names of the tribes of Israel. Six names will be on each stone, arranged in the order of the birth of the original sons of Israel. Engrave these names on two stones in the same way a jeweler engraves a seal. Then mount the stones in settings <clears throat> of gold filigree. Fasten the two stones on the shoulder pieces of the ephod uh, as a reminder that Aaron represents the people of Israel. Aaron will carry these names on his shoulders as a constant reminder whenever he goes before the Lord. Make the settings of gold filigree, then braid two cords of pure gold and attach them to the filigree settings on the shoulders of the ephod. Verse 15. Then with great skill and care, make a chest piece to be worn for uh, seeking a decision from God. Make it to match the ephod using finely wo uh, woven linen embroidered with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Make the chest piece of a single piece of cloth folded to form a pouch nine inches square. Mount four rows of gemstones on it. The four rows will contain a red uh, carnelian, a pale green peridot, and an emerald. The second row <clears throat> will contain a turquoise, a blue uh, lapis uh, azuli, and a white moonstone. The third row will contain an orange jacinth, uh, an agnat, and a purple amethyst. The fourth row will contain a, a blue-green uh, beryl, an onyx, and a green jasper. All these stones will be set in gold filigree. Each stone will represent one of the 12 sons of Israel, and the name of that tribe will be engraved on it like a seal. To attach the chest piece to the ephod, make braided cords of pure gold thread, then make two golden rings and attach them to the top corners of the chest piece. The two gold cor uh, cords to the two, tie the two gold cords to the two rings of the chest piece. Tie the other ends of the cord to the gold settings on the shoulder pieces of the ephod. 
Then make two more gold rings and attach them to the inside edges of the chest piece next to the ephod. And make two more gold rings and attach them to the front of the ephod uh, below the shoulder pieces just above the knot where the decorative sash is fastened to the ephod. Then attach the bottom rings of the chest piece to the rings on the ephod with blue cords. This will hold the chest piece securely to the ephod above the decorative sash. In this way, Aaron will carry the names of the tribes of Israel on the sacred chest piece above his heart when he goes into the holy place. This will be a continual reminder that he represents the people he comes before when he comes before the Lord. Insert the Urim and the Thermomim unto the sacred chest piece, so they will be carried over Aaron's heart when he goes into the Lord's presence. In this way, Aaron will always carry over his heart the objects used to determine the Lord's will for his people whenever he goes in before the Lord. Verse 31, make the robe that is worn with the effort from a single piece of blue cloth with an opening for Aaron's head in the middle of it. Reinforce the opening with a woven collar so it will not tear. Make pomegranates out of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and attach them uh, to the hem of the robe with gold bells between them. The gold bells and the pomegranates uh, are to alternate all around the hem. Aaron will wear this robe whenever he ministers before the Lord and the bells will uh, tinkle um, yeah, Tingle, as he goes in and out of the Lord's um, presence in the holy place. If he wears it, he will not die. Next, make a medallion of pure gold and engrave it in, like a seal with these words, Holy to the Lord. Attach the medallion with a blue cord to the front of Aaron's turban, where it must remain. Aaron must wear it on his forehead so he may take on himself any guilt of the people of Israel when they consecrate their sacred offerings. Offerings, He must always wear it on his forehead so the Lord will accept the people. Wave Aaron's uh, pattern tunic from weave, excuse me, uh, Aaron's pattern tunic from fine linen cloth. Fashion the turban from his linen as well. Also make a sash and decorate it with colorful embroidery. For Aaron's sons, make tunics, sashes, and special head coverings that are glorious and beautiful. Clothe your brother Aaron and his sons with these garments, and then anoint and ordain them. Consecrate them so they can serve as my priest. Also make linen undergarments for them to be worn next to their bodies, reaching from their hips to their thighs. These must be worn whenever Aaron and his sons enter the tabernacle, or approach the altar of the holy place to perform their priestly duties. Then they will not incur guilt and die. This is a permanent law for Aaron and all his descendants after him. The word of the Lord. (laughs) Long chapter. (laughs) All right. (laughs) I got some. I got a little praise there from Nicole. Awesome. (laughs) All right. Um, 
Hey, so uh, I think one of the things that really jumps out is right at the beginning. I, I don't I don't know why, but that usually sends, tends to uh, hit me right at the beginning is verse one, call for your brother Aaron and his sons. God is calling for Aaron and his sons to be the priest. A priest is not something that's earned or is it something for self-glorification? Priests, pastors, whatever, anybody that is serving the Lord, you are called into that position. You are called by God. God is saying, go get that dude. He's going to do work for me. This is Aaron didn't do that. Why? Why would this even happen? Why Aaron? Why Aaron? Aaron was the guy that had short-term memory loss and decided, oh, well, I guess Moses goes up on the hill and forgets about us. He's like, forget that, and I'm going to go make a golden calf, and I'm going to lead everybody into idol worship and a whole sinful party with a whole bunch of debauchery. We're going to party down here like Moses never lived. We're going to party down here, like whatever, do what we want to do after God and Moses led us through all sorts of craziness. But yet we're going to we're going to make our own God and we're going to do all this craziness ourselves. We're going to just abandon everything we just went through. But yet God calls this guy. God calls Aaron. Call for your brother Aaron and his sons. Second verse, set them apart from the rest of the people of Israel. You know, this just shows the amount of grace that God has for us. The amount of grace that God has for not just not just those that he calls into maybe uh, you know, a priest or pastorhood kind of job, but just grace in general for all of us, regardless of what we've done in our past. We see that um, here, it's like, wait a minute, what, what's going on with this? And we would need to jump a little bit forward into Exodus 40. And we see that what happens is that Aaron has to be washed clean with pure water. Aaron has to be washed clean of his sins. Aaron has to be washed clean before he can actually do the and become the priest. He has to be uh, set apart. He has to be cleansed by God the same way that Jesus has cleansed us all. The same way that they have to sprinkle blood as priests from the sacrifice Jesus has sprinkled blood over all of us to cleanse us of our sins. And not just any blood, but his own blood. It says that in Hebrews um, 10, verse 22, if we flip over there real quick, it's let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. 
you may not be called into being a pastor or a priest. You may not be called into full-time ministry at a church. And that's majority of everyone on this call. And that's fine. And that's good because God has called us all into something in our lives. God has called us all into some profession that we are either currently in or you feel or you are feeling led to go into. God has called us into whatever it is. Um, we even see like here, <clears throat> we go like getting called into a different job. Um, he tells to get skillfully, cra skillful craftsmen, but not just any craftsman, not just some dude that does really good work, but people that do really good work, but that have also been filled by his spirit. People that have been filled by his spirit that are doing skillful work and praise God for it every day. Uh, you know, um, Mike Chambers and I have been um, pretty good friends for a number of years now. Uh, and he, he just he's just one of the guys that one of the uh, handful of guys that just come to the top of my head as one of these skilled craftsmen but that's also filled with the spirit of wisdom. It, it, it's, you don't have to be a pastor to be a pastor. We say that in church here all the time, that you are the best pastor. Wherever you are, wherever you go, whatever job you're in, whatever business you run, whatever school district you're a part of, whatever, any, I, I, it doesn't matter. You, wherever you go, you're the best pastor. You're the best story. You are the one to be able to proclaim the goodness of Jesus in your life and what has gone on, and what has transpired out of your life and the goodness that he's done. And maybe it's not even just in yours, but maybe it's your kid's life. Maybe it's somebody else in your family's as well. Another testimony of somebody other than just you as, as well of what God's goodness has done. God has called us all, but he's given us so much grace so that our sins can be forgiven, so that we can have our purpose so that we can have our purpose because that seems to be the thing that everybody is searching for all the time what is my purpose in life and god already has it written down for you god already has it written down for you and i'm telling you it's so amazing to know that you're walking in the purpose he has for you. And we see that <clears throat> going on that, you know, there, there's all these garments and it's talked about they need to be uh, glorious and beautiful. They need to um, be made by skilled craftsmen. They need to be uh, made for a specific, very sacred purpose. We have 
skilled craftsmen all over the place. It's like it's got to be done by skillfully embroidered. Um, and in verse fifteen, great skill and care make to, uh, to make the chess piece. Um, it's not just anybody. This isn't paper mache. This isn't your kindergartner's, um, you know, art project kind of thing. This is work for the Lord. This is garments that are made for a specific purpose that they will wear when they serve me, says the Lord. This is why we at Fusion have a standard of excellence so that we have and we bring excellence for the Lord. I think there's there just seems to be, unfortunately, in our culture today is find the easiest way to do whatever. Find the easiest way to uh, to make that or uh, or do that or the cheapest or whatever. But there's got to be a level of excellence because our God is that good. It says to take everything here and make sure that it's using high quality materials finely woven linen using all of use gold use jewels use gems use none of this stuff would be considered cheap today none of this would be considered at all cheap this is top dollar uh, material if you talk to anybody that's in construction This is like, hey, I'm going to make my whole house out of prime redwood instead of cheap pine. This is this is saying, wow, we're using the top dog of material. But here's the other part. They're in the desert right now. They're in the desert. Where's all this coming from? And this is the beauty of God. They already have it with them because God gave it to them from Egypt. God had eaten just, they they went, they didn't even have to really steal. It says like they, there was a, a verse that says like they plundered, but really it was like they went and, and Egypt just gave it to them. Like God just had the Egyptians just like give them all of this. They gave them all, uh, you know, the livestock. They gave them all the materials. They gave them all the fine linen and gold and jewelry and everything. But here's what God also does, is that first Aaron decided to take all that material and we're going to throw a party and we're going to turn it into a golden calf. And God says, absolutely not. We're going to crush all that, that you thought that material is for your own purposes, but it's for my purpose. All that material is for my purposes. All that material is there to help you worship me and keep me first in your life. So you don't fall into debauchery and sin. He says, this is all this stuff that I gave you has a purpose. All this material I gave you, all this fine gold, all this fine woven linen of blue and purple and scarlet thread, all of what you have was given to you by me. 
and even in the most unusual circumstances, I'll provide for you. In the desert, I'll provide for you. I'll give you the material you need. Especially if I'm giving you the purpose, I'll give you the way. And we see all of this, just, he's just giving specific instructions how, how to do it. And nowhere in there was a question of how are we going to do this? Because the provision was already given. The provision already came with them. So for you, are you using your provision for the right purposes? Or are you squandering it on yourself? This is why, like, in most of the time when we talk about provision, we automatically think dollar signs in our head. And yes, that is a primary means of provision today is dollar signs. And so we have Financial Peace University and things like that at Fusion so that you can learn to manage this stuff so that it's not a stress, but it's a blessing. But does that also mean your physical objects? Is your house a house that worships the Lord? Are your clothes something that you're willing to come out and say, wow, I take care of myself because I cherish what God has given me? Does everything you have go, yes, thank you, Lord, for the provision of what you've given me? May I bless you today with it. May I praise your name at my dinner table. May I praise your name in my house and all through the multiple walls of my building that you have provided me with shelter with. May I praise your name in the vehicle that I drive to and from work with and take my children around in. May I praise your name for the provision you've provided me. Or are we always worried about how am I going to get bigger, better, and more? How are we being blessed with what God has given us so that we can fulfill the purpose he's given us? We see so much of all of this going on where there's all this detailed instruction. And to many of us, we would think this is a micromanagement going on. <laughs> But what he's really doing is he's setting you up for success. He's saying that from here, I'm giving you the basic, the beginning, the standard of what it takes to provide excellence for my name. Because not because of just who I am, but also because what I've done for you. He didn't tell them to do this before pulling them out of Egypt. He pulled them out of Egypt. Then he told them how to praise his name. Realize that God will show you how powerful he is to turn your heart so you understand that he's worthy of the praise he asks for. He demonstrates first in your life how worthy he is. We all have some form of Egypt. We have some form of bondage. We have some form of 
whatever in our lives that he's pulled us out of or a prayer he's answered in front of our face or he's done something before he's sat down and said, are you going to worship me now? May we remember that though. Because here we're reading of exactly the short-term memory of a whole nation that had to get even re-corrected after parting the Red Sea in front of your face. After frogs and, um, and flies and locusts and everything else that they have done. That they have been through. That they have seen and witnessed of God's miraculous hand being over them protecting them and pulling them out. And yet the short-term memory of them and Aaron is ridiculous. Yet his grace and his mercy and his love and his wisdom and his instruction still calls on them and still holds them safe. And God never abandons them. He never abandons them. We see that basically Aaron is an example, though not perfect, but is trying to be an example of the full heavenly high priest in which we have in Jesus Christ. But he's also an example of what the whole purpose of what Jesus Christ has done for us. He's just poured out his grace by pouring out his blood to wash us clean of our sins. So we see that, yeah, this is extravagant clothing. Yeah, these are high quality materials. Yeah, this would cost a lot. Yeah, this could be. Thought of as ornate or overly done or over the top, as some people would call, if you or if you will, we have that term now. If you look at in some people's houses that are just overly done, it's it's too gaudy, right? But there's a difference when excellence, high value, and skill craftsmanship is put on full display for the worship of our Lord versus the worship of ourselves. I was talking with somebody else earlier yesterday, and it and that's exactly the difference. When we go, when you go into and you see somebody else's rich home and but they don't worship the Lord, they worship themselves. And you can see it throughout their house. They're just, it's so overly gaudy. It's so overly done. It's so, you just kind of look at it and you're like, oh, this is too much. Like how many, how many like things that can just, you're, it's, this is like beyond what even Julius Caesar would have done in his house. Kind of like uh, ridiculousness everywhere, marble on the walls. You know, I mean, remember uh, back in the day, the old banks, Old banks would literally have marble on the walls as walls. It was, and it would just said the money's on the wall at the banks, like literally. None of that was to worship and glorify God. None of that was to ever uh, and say that you know God is amazing and this ne- this place needs to be a place that is seen of holy and high reverence for Him. 
It was worship money. It was worshiping themselves. It was glorifying themselves. It was puffing themselves up with pride. That's the difference between when you see that in somebody's home or in some other establishment versus you see that here in the tabernacle and then in Solomon's temple and etc. That this was done with purpose. That this was done with intent to bring the reverence, to display the holiness, and display the love of our God. The splendor and grandeur of who he is and the majesty in which he just, just holds. Versus is it there to puff you up or puff themselves up or whoever it is? That they make their personal homes look like this. There's such a difference of this, but this really shows us more the why behind the what is the biggest factor. And that's why here at Fusion Church, we have a sense of excellence. We have a sense of it, it needs to look a certain way. It needs to present itself. That's why our standards are always wanting to slightly increase. How can we get better at doing whatever? How can we have a better standard of excellence within the building, within our services, within how we conduct worship, within how we conduct guest experience, within how we conduct production and kids ministry and everything else? It is because of the grandeur and love and grace of Jesus Christ and what he has absolutely done for us, that we do not take for granted the salvation and the cost that it took for us to be saved. And so that others can come in and see the excellence and see the wonder and see the amazingness and see just and have that experience with God as best as possible because of what he's done for us. That's the vision. That's the understanding. That's the reason why. And without that reason, it would all fall apart. It wouldn't hold its weight. Pride become, comes before the fall, right? But I'm telling you, Even though we, we want to keep pushing a, a high level of standard, although we want to keep pushing a high level of, of, of excellence, the why is never lost. And if anything, the why is what, we, what keeps helping us go for, forward and further because his grace is sufficient. Because his grace is sufficient. So in your life, do you have that sense of excellence because of the Lord's grace in your life? Last point I want to kind of talk about, um, as we saw a couple times in here, <clears throat> but I'm going to go to verse 29. In this way, Aaron will carry the names of the tribes of Israel 
on the sacred chest piece over his heart when he goes into the holy place. This will be a continual reminder that he represents the people when he comes before the Lord. So he had a, a physical chest plate, right? And it was three stones across, four rows down of the 12 tribes representing. And so it's reminding Aaron and, of course, his descendants further on uh, that the holy that the high priest would have before he goes into the Holy of Holies to minister to the Lord and reminding him he's not just doing it for himself. He's doing it because he represents a nation. He represents a nation that God has called, that God has redeemed, that God has saved, that God has set apart. But here's the other point. All of us represent somebody else. We don't like to think of it that way in today's society, but we all represent somebody else. You represent your kids. You represent your parents. You represent the job that you're at. You represent right now on this call and, and on what you're listening to. I represent Fusion Church. I have to remind you know myself all the time that I represent more than just myself. Everybody represents somebody else and most likely multiple of other people. Again, there's a reason for a standard of excellence. We represent so much more than what we think we do. We all represent. You represent whatever company you're a part of, whether you like your boss or not, whatever, right? <laughs> you represent, of course, your family. You represent, and guess what? If you call Fusion Church home, you represent Fusion. Let's all remember that it's not just about us. And, to, and that in this world, if you just look at the themes that are going on and the themes that are being portrayed to us and, and try to exemplified and even just little commercials and stuff like that when i really take a step back and think about what everything is trying to say it is absolutely 100 percent twist on a, on everything that we read here in god's word it's a twist and it's a backwards way of thinking everybody wants to think for themselves i don't represent you you do you boo-boo your truth versus my truth whatever all that kind of garbage no we represent other people we do whether you want to or not if you walk in and you look like a hot mess, guess what? Somebody automatically thinks you and the rest of your family is a hot mess because you represent more than just yourselves. Everybody represents more than just themselves. When I walk in and whoever I am, I represent my wife. I represent my kids. I represent Fusion Church. We all represent so much more than just ourselves. And so many of today's themes want to tell us that we're you're you're just on your own and we're not we're not we're together and we represent each other again a reason for a standard of excellence
So I know I went over a little bit today, but I just felt that standard of excellence, that understanding of why we do what we do was really being present in this today. I pray that that really helps you guys out with kind of reanalyzing sometimes our own way of presentation and also gives us a why behind the what because the why is what matters so much more than the what i pray you all have a great day let's pray and let's have a great thursday lord we just thank you so much for all that you're doing in our hearts and our lives lord may we just remember that you are the why what you've done for us is the why that your son jesus christ is the why behind the what, behind the, the standard of excellence, behind the, the standard of wanting to just represent you and, and all that you've done for us in our lives, Lord, because you are worthy of it and because you've loved us first. So in what we do and what we say, may that represent the love back. Lord, we thank you for all that you do and, and all that you are. Be with us as we go about our days. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, everyone. Have a great Thursday. We can't wait to see you this Sunday. It's going to be amazing. See you all then. Take care and God bless.